Can you believe that at this stage in our AI social media wonderland that we're living in, that we still have to have a website for our record label? Well, it's no big deal. I actually think record labels websites are nice to have, especially coming from someone who visits record labels websites every day to learn more about you guys and to find people to have on the show. I really like record label websites. And today I'm going to walk you through 10 steps from creating your record label website from scratch. Not really too many of the behind the scenes technical coding things, of course, but more so just walking you through the things that you need, more importantly, the things you don't need. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we aim to take the mystery out of running an independent record label. And today we're going to focus on websites. Now, what we're going through today, today's kind of a big episode. It's kind of a little bit of a workshop, if you got the time. If not, press pause and um, go through this at another time if you want. This is kind of taken from our course, actually, Web Design for Record Labels, which is a micro course, which is part of our entire Record Label Academy. So if you want to spend a good solid hour on this concept, we're going to kind of just kind of uh, glaze over it here. But if you really want to kind of dive deep, then come join our academy and get this bigger lesson. And of course, the course materials, as well as dozens of hours of other topics like sync licensing, music publishing, social media, artwork and design, marketing, and much more. Also, a huge shout out to this week's sponsor, ironically, Squarespace. And we're going to be talking about them in just a little bit uh, while we talk when we talk about like where to host your website. So big thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring this week's episode. So let's answer this first question before we go into the 10 steps of creating a record label website. Let's ask this big question that some of you, especially if you're new, starting a, a new record label, do you even need a record label website? Well, the short answer is no. I, I suppose, no, you don't really need one. Um, Bandcamp can work. I know a lot of labels who um, only use Bandcamp. And, and I know some labels who may still have a website elsewhere but Bandcamp is like really their primary destination. Or you could use SoundCloud uh, or even an Instagram page. I've seen some labels do that. But let's assume we're going to do everything in our power to look legit and professional. But more important, that's vain, more important to service our fan base and our future fan base to make it easy for them to not only learn about our record label, but also to get a sense of what we're about, our mission statement, our vibe and aesthetic, and to hear the music and to buy the music and to support the artist. So is a is a website uh, important? Is it needed? Well, technically, no. It's not needed to start a record label, but it's one of the many things that will help you connect with your fans and future fans. I speak with a lot of authority here because I spend the better part of my week researching record labels to have on this show, trying to find their contact info, listening to music, trying to get like a, an idea of their most recent release or what their priority artists are or their priority releases are, to learn about their roster, the history of their label, the history of their roster, their discography, all sorts of things. And so... I do that all the time. I see a lot of things. In a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to kind of continue this series and we're going to talk, uh, talk about some mistakes that I see. We'll mention some of these, but um, we'll, have, we'll have some mistakes to talk about in a couple of weeks. 
So let's go, we've got 10 steps here. I'm gonna to try to go pretty quickly. Like I said, if you really wanna deep dive with some slides and, and take this as a course, it's part of our Record Label Academy. If you're part of our Record Label Academy, you've got this course um, that goes way deeper than we will today. Uh, and if not, come on over and join. Just go to otherrecordlabels.com slash academy. So number one, step one, define your objective. Number one is define your objective. Okay, what do I mean by that? seems kind of like managerial. What I mean by that is, um, why do you want a website? Well, Scott just said it makes you look professional and it connects you with uh, your fan base. So these are good reasons, right? And it wouldn't hurt for you to actually write down on a piece of paper three reasons why you have your website for your record label. Well, commerce is one. If you can sell digital downloads or if you can sell uh, merch and apparel or vinyl, which a lot of people do, they connect to Shopify or they use a Squarespace e-commerce plugin. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Is it just for people to kind of find your music? Like just to hear your artists, it's all about just get as quickly as you can, get them to start streaming, to start playing, to go to Bandcamp, whatever. Is it to introduce your brand to say, hey, look, when you come to this web website. I think of a website like a storefront, right? So if your record label had a storefront in like a cool little, you know, Brooklyn shop, if they open the door, the little bell rings on the, on the glass wood door, what do they see? What are, you know, what, what, what are the end caps that they see in some of the, the, what's the lighting like, what music's playing? It's like a storefront. So let's, let's talk about your objective with your website. What is it that you want to do? And maybe it's all three of those things. And so, okay, our three goals for this um, website is to present our brand as a record label, our cohesive brand that includes all of our roster members and our discography to a certain extent. Our second goal or objective is to quickly and frictionlessly, <laughs> frictionlessly let new fans, old fans hear music. And then third is how quickly can we get them to support our artists and to buy records, whether that's right there on the on our homepage or on, when they click the menu tab to store, it takes them to your Shopify store, or if it links to Bandcamp. Okay? Number two, step number two is to pick a host. So who's going to host this? Are you going to code it yourself? Are you going to get ChatGPT to code it? That'd be great. Um, that's fine. I think the best option is to go with one of these, like what you see is what you get providers. I mean, I feel like so many of these like brands, like whether you're a barbershop or you're a photographer um, or you're an artist or you're a band or you're a record label, they use a website like Squarespace. And so let's plug them right now and do our little commercial here because they're paying me to do that. So I, I now I feel obligated. This seems like a good time to do that, but also kind of integrate it into this, <laughs> this um, heading of finding a host. I've used Squarespace for my own record labels website. We now use them at other record labels to run what is now a massive database and resource for indie labels. All of our articles and our free downloads and our courses, everything is hosted on Squarespace. So I'm a big fan. Personally, I've used them. I know that there's other similar type things out there. That's fine. But I remember, and I told you last week when I first used a Squarespace to maybe 10, 15 years ago now to set up my record label's website and just how easy it was. And it's only gotten easier. I personally like Squarespace because I think it looks pretty. 
Honestly, I know that's vain, but I just think it looks really simple. And, and there are actual templates for musicians and you can kind of, you know, you could pick a brand template, like a template that like, say a photographer would use or like a visual artist would use, or you could pick a template that like a band would use and then just kind of easily convert it for your record label. I don't know if they have like a default template for record labels. They actually probably do. I know they do for podcasts, but anyway, it's just super quick. Like you start with a template and bam, it's looking really pretty. So um, this is this is our our sponsored uh, clip, but I also say go to otherrecordlabels.com slash Squarespace. The link is in the description. And um, because I've used them for so long, you can get a 10% off discount by using the coupon ORL10. So you need a host. I really think you need a host because um, it's just quicker to update. You can even update it on your phone. You can, it just, to me, it, 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 it the responsive, the websites. Um, I just like to keep it simple. You can use whatever host you want. If you're a Wix person, great, whatever. Squarespace is, is who I've used for the past 15 years. So I'm just telling you, honestly, I just think it looks really simple and really clean. Um, and you can integrate Shopify or some other, like, you know, have your um, social media feed through there, whatever. Number three is pick a domain. Now with Squarespace, your membership comes with a domain, so you can pick a domain through them. This is not important, okay? So do not overthink it. Um, just keep it simple. What I think is most important is that you match the kind of the phrasing or the branding that you're doing on social media. And so like whatever, if it's like casino records, if that's available as a .com, I mean, it's surprising, but like .com is still kind of important, still kind of like seen as the superior extension. So, you know, get a .com if you can, if it's casino records, if that fits, if that's available on Instagram and wherever else you're signing up on social media, you're signing up your record label, you really want that consistency, right? Like how many brands do you know out there or businesses that have like a different domain name than their Instagram account or than their YouTube channel name. And it's confusing, right? Like you want that kind of seamless flow between all the platforms. Why? Because when people are just like browsing and checking out your label, they're like, oh, let's go to their website and see like what they look like. And I want to just kind of read the bio of how this label got started. And then it's like, uh, maybe I'll watch some music videos or some behind the scenes videos. And they flow naturally over to YouTube. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to follow them on Instagram or check them out on Bandcamp. So you want that kind of casual flow. So whatever URL you pick, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Don't make it complicated. Just pick something that has like a continuity between all of your other digital platforms. Number four is define your menu. So what's a menu? When you go to any website up at the top, there's usually anyway, between like four to eight to 10 items. So what are these like, let's say we got three to four, like what are the three to four things we want to put up there? Um, I would say, by the way, try to consolidate everything that you have in your mind. So you're like, okay, I want to do an about us section. I want to do a contact section. I want to do a discography. I want to do artists. I want to do a link to our social media. I want to be, do a store. All of a sudden, like you are creating way too many options for the fans and somebody's just going to go there and feel paralyzed and be like, ah, oh, there's too much to click on. And so I really recommend, and we go into this super, I have some great examples. We go really deep in our course when we're talking about this, but I like to keep things like super simple, like take all of the things you want to share and then try to fit them under like three 
um, headings. So about can contain your artist roster. It can contain your origin story and it can contain your contact. I mean, you could click on that link and all of that information would be on that page. So you can really like, you could do like about and then shop and listen. You know what I mean? So you keep it like super dummy proof so that when someone goes to your website, whatever their objective is, their objective might be, I just want to buy a record. I don't really care about the origin of this label. I just want to buy a record. Or somebody might go there and go, I'm not interested or I'm not ready to support this label yet. I just want to learn more. I want to learn more about their roster. Maybe I want to send them an email. Maybe I want to learn more about the history of the label. Or maybe someone's going and just saying, I just want to hear some music. I don't, I'm not buying anything yet. I don't care about the label. I just want to hear some music. So let's consolidate that menu. Let's pick it, plan it, and keep it simple. Okay, number five is to set up your store. So I think a store is really important and I'm seeing a lot more labels kind of running their own operation, which I think is really cool. And so some people are using Shopify. Some people are like um, having a Shopify store and then their main Squarespace page will link to when you click on shop, it'll link to that store or some people just use um, Bandcamp. So when you click on shop, that's what we did for so many years, you would click shop and it would auto redirect you to Bandcamp or it would pop up a new window and take you to Bandcamp. So whatever it is, just make sure you have that set up. I know a lot of people are moving to like selling their own records on their own.com, even sell, selling digital files. I talked to a, a label recently who they're not only selling digital MP3s from their own website, which by the way, like you basically would only have the PayPal fee or the Stripe fee. And then of course, like your monthly membership to Squarespace or your monthly membership to Shopify. I know Squarespace sells digital downloads. That's how we do our co courses. So you could, in theory, sell like a zip file of an album as a digital download. And so you're only going to the only percentage that Squarespace would take in that in that case would be whatever PayPal, right? Or Stripe, the, the payment processing. They're not going to take 10% or whatever it is that Bandcamp takes or 30%, whatever it was that iTunes took or like your distributor plus Spotify, you know, that kind of thing. So you can start selling your own digital things. It's just important. Let's set up a store. You may not have anything to sell now, but I think give that option because it's so easy to do nowadays. Give that option for fans to buy digital downloads and physical records directly from you and start to cut out the middleman. And um, I think that could be really cool. I'm going to talk to some of the labels in our community and see how that's going for them. I talked to a label recently who... Not only were they selling MP3 downloads, but they're also selling WAV files on their own website. And they're selling two tiers of WAV files. They're selling the um, 44 kilohertz and they're selling the 48 kilohertz. So 24-bit and 16-bit. So higher quality WAV files for a little bit more money. And the majority of their customers buy the higher quality WAV uh, files for more money. Isn't that incredible? So give people those options the majority of people will still just opt to go to Spotify or go to Bandcamp. That's fine. But if you can set it up for yourself, that's great. Number six is let's create an About Us page. So I talked to you before about, I personally think that you can consolidate a lot of stuff on here. There's no need to have a history tab and then a contact us tab and then a discography tab and then a roster tab. I feel like you're, you know what I mean? Like it's just giving too many options. So if somebody's clicking on About, chances are they kind of want to know about all of those things. And so these are the kind of things you would include on an About Us page. A history, info of the label, 
this is your one spot to go a little crazy. So if you want to write like 10, 20 paragraphs, like a little mini story about your record label, that's fine. That's that's your prerogative. It's your website. Um, I wouldn't suggest you do that on your Bandcamp profile. I wouldn't suggest you do that on your Twitter profile or your Instagram profile. I don't think you'd even be able to fit it there. I definitely don't want you to do that when you send out press releases to people. But this is your one place where you can go a little crazy. But just know, nobody's going to read it. <laughs> like very few people are, other than your mom are going to sit there and read that whole story. So let's try to have like a condensed version, like a, a byline, an elevator pitch of what your record label is about. And then if you want a little further down the page, you can have like a bigger story or maybe post like a podcast interview or a YouTube documentary that you've made about your label. Uh, you, other things in our About Us page is an artist roster. Um, just kind of make sure you keep that up to date. That's that, you know, for a lot of you guys, that changes a little bit. Same with discography. I, I for a long time, I had a very robust discography on my website um, with track listings and catalog IDs and barcodes and buy links and stuff. It just got a little bit much for me to um, manage. And Bandcamp was doing that anyway, automatically. So just think about that. Step seven is like uh, creating a contact page. So now this is more like create a contact page question mark because um, we kind of want to ask ourselves, do we want to be contacted? Um, I think for a lot of small labels, yeah, there's really only good things that can come from that, you know, meaning like uh, artists who want to submit their music or local venues who want to book one of our artists or other record labels who want to... Um, collab on a on an album you know do a joint release or me i'm trying to reach you so that you can come on the podcast so i do think having a contact form um using like a squarespace form in, instead of just posting your email but having a squarespace form is kind of cool you can ignore the emails if you're not interested in them the other way you could, thing you can do is question whether or not you want to accept demos online and you could use uh like a pretty robust squarespace form where the band like enters their artist name and any other details you want, like a brief bio, their hometown, um, describe where you're at in your career. Like, are, do you have a record done? You're wanting help releasing it. Like, what are you looking for in a record label? Um, post some like accolades, like how many streams do you have? How many, how many Twitter followers or, or Instagram followers, TikTok followers, you know, where are your strengths? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you can have a lot of those things, maybe even a place for them to post um, a Spotify link or a SoundCloud, private SoundCloud link, maybe even upload a track. I think you can do that now. Um, so just consider whether or not you want this website to accept artist demos. A lot of you guys, you do. You do want to accept artist demos um, in the early stages. And then eventually you can just shut it off and and take get rid of that link. In the contact section, in the about section, like I've said, I, I think they're kind of one and the same, in my opinion. You do you. Um, but that's where you want to throw your social media links because here's what's crazy. I think I talked about this recently when we were talking about social media being like the equivalent of an open sign in brick and mortar retail. And so I think when I go to a website, I'm reading this static information, right? This information that probably hasn't been updated in the past, like, couple of weeks or even a couple of months and sometimes a couple of years, I sometimes feel like I might be reading their website, but I really want some up-to-date information. I want to know about their latest release. I quite frankly want to know if they're active. I want to know if like 
there's the label's still active. It's hard to tell on a static website. And so often I very quickly want to hop over to Instagram. I feel like I can get the most accurate visual information from there about what's happening with the record label. So make sure those links uh, in the about us section or on the footer of your webpage, or a lot of labels do it in the, on the top right corner and using a Squarespace, shout out to them again, otherrecordlabels.com slash Squarespace, ORL10 for 10% off. A lot of um, those templates, you can have them up in the top right corner, top left corner next to your logo. Uh, I think that's pretty good. But again, let's go back to the paradox of choice. Not too many, okay? Just do the ones that you're really good at, like Instagram and YouTube and uh, TikTok or whatever the ones that you're really active on. Okay, step eight is email marketing. Now, we have done a lot of talk about email marketing. I think we have uh, we have a book about email marketing. I've done a workshop on email marketing. I think it's really important for record labels. I know a lot of great record labels who are very active with it. I know a few record labels who send daily emails. I know many, many record labels who send weekly emails. And then a lot of record labels who send monthly emails and they all have tons of success with them. So building a mailing list for your record label is super important. When I was super active with our label, and even when we weren't active, which is kind of crazy, we had a mailing list of about a thousand people. And anytime I would send an email, we would instantly get a sale on Bandcamp. Why? Was I offering some cool discount? Usually not, maybe 10%, but oftentimes I would just be announcing something. It's just because it was like out of sight, out of mind. So people get an email and it's like, oh, good to hear from these guys again. Oh, cool. And then they're bored at work and they click over to your Bandcamp or your Shopify store. And they're like, oh, I hadn't heard this record. This came out a couple of months ago. I must've missed it on social media and they buy it. And so I love email marketing for that reason. I love it because it's algorithm free, right? It like if you post about a new album on social media, uh, there's like a less than 10% chance that uh, your audience is going to hear it or see it, see that post. But there's a 100% chance they're going to see it if it goes to their inbox. Now, it might go to their spam, but still, like the chances are there, right? So I, I really like email for that. You know that. I've talked about it before. So what does this have to do with your website? Well, I know I use Squarespace campaigns. It's another product that they sell. We use that at other record labels, and I've used that on many other sites before where basically you just have like a landing page, uh, a spot on your webpage where it's like sign up for our mailing list and get, you know, a free compilation sent to your inbox and people will enter their email. And so do that, have that somewhere. But listen, you really should, I, I was going to say, don't do it if you don't have an email strategy in place. Like if you're not currently sending emails, don't do that. But I, I'm changing my mind. I would say do that actually because even if you're just collecting emails and you are not sending weekly or monthly emails to that newsletter, that's okay. Just start building up that list. And then one day you might go, oh my gosh, we've had a hundred people over the past couple of months sign up through our website by downloading a free compilation or just because we asked them to and they seem to like us and they've signed up. Maybe I should start sending them emails now that we have a hundred people. Um, I would much rather a hundred people on a mailing list than a thousand people on Instagram. Seriously. I would much rather 100 people on a mailing list than 10,000 people on Instagram. It's true. They just like the the intimacy of email is so much more powerful than, you know, the constant fast scroll algorithm that's happening on social media. So 
Um, one of the ways you can get people to sign up to your email list, if you have that, you know, I mean, so many labels we see on the bottom, it says, sign up to our newsletter or sign up for our mailing list and enter your email, or it's a pop-up that happens like 30 seconds after they've been on the site. <clears throat> Excuse me. The problem with that is like people, because email is so powerful and because it's so intimate still after all these years, because of that, people are really protective with their email addresses. They're not just going to give it out willy-nilly. And I mean, when I go when I go shopping in the mall and I buy something, the people are so clever, right? They're like, and can I get your email, please? And I'm like, no, thanks. And they, they're totally taken back. I'm like, no. And I just say like, no, it's okay. And uh, like, I do it as if like they were offering me a favor. And I'm like, oh, no, that's all right. Thanks. And they're kind of taken aback. But it's like, really, they want my email because they know how good email marketing is. Notice when you go to the Gap or you go to Old Navy or you go to wherever you go, and they're not like, oh, can you follow us on Instagram or please add us to your whatever. It's like, no, give us your email. Now they're asking for text, but it's like, give us your email because we know how powerful email is. And so in those moments, I'm like, no, I'm not giving you my email. And they're, oh man, somebody had a, a really weird wording the other day that was like, um, can I have your email for, oh yeah. I was like, he was like, can I get your email? And I'm like, no, thanks. It's okay. And then he was like, oh, it's just so we know that you came in. And I was like, ah, uh, no, <laughs> it was the weirdest, like, uh, like what, like what <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. I'm like, we're good. Thanks, man. That was at like a retail store in the mall. It was so weird. Anyway, the point is now, how many times are you checking out where they're like, would you like to give us your email for 10% off this purchase right now? I'm like, uh, heck yeah, I'll give you my fake email. So it's like, I just think that email is like, is really important for you to create a mailing list. And the only way you're going to get people's emails, if you offer something in exchange. Now, sometimes it might just be the way you word it. You might say, if you care about our artists, if you care about indie music, if you care about lo-fi folk beats, or you care about, um, you know, neoclassical music, then you'll join our mailing list. Or if you want great, uh, X, you know, X, Y, Z type of music delivered to your inbox every month for free, then, then add your email. So that is some sort of exchange where they're like, Oh yeah, I actually do really want to support this label. If you're like, you want to support this, um, incredible Indonesian record label, then enter your email here. It's like, yeah, I do want to support this or whatever it is. Or you can actually offer something tangible in return. You say, get access to, a 50 song compilation. If you enter your email, it'll be automatically sent to you or you'll be sent to a download page that you can't get anywhere else. And so we've done a whole workshop on email marketing. I'm not going to get into that, but have somewhere on your page to collect emails at the very least, just at the bottom, start to build a ma mailing list before you have a, an email strategy. No problem. Number nine is sustainability. We need to make sure that our record label website is sustainable. Why? Because a lot of us are one-person operations and we don't have time to dedicate an entire day every week to maintaining our website and updating it with new information. And the worst thing you can do is have a website with out-of-date information where somebody comes to your website and it's like, new release party happening you know, this Friday, June 5th, and like it's December and you're like, what is going on? That's a bad sign, right? That's like some, that's like walking into a storefront or walking by a storefront in the summer and they've got Christmas decor on the inside. And you're like, what happened there? Did they go to business at Christmas? Like, so it's not good. So keep your website up to date. We're going to talk about that in a future episode 
on record label website mistakes that I see. But sustainability is really important. Just all you have to do is regularly check in. Just double check, have a friend, have an artist check over things. But don't have a news section because those are hard to update. You can you can pump your social media feed in there if you want. Uh, don't have like an ongoing discography if it requires you to do things to upload it. Now, if you have a big team and you have somebody who's that's their job or an intern and that's their job, great. But just make sure that your website is sustainable in the in the sense that if you're not updating it for six months, does it still look cool, relevant? Does it have nothing on it that is seasonal? Uh, that's what I mean by sustainable. And finally, number 10 is SEO for success. Let's just make sure there's a couple things we can do for SEO, search engine optimization, a couple things that we can do to make sure to increase the chances of your website being found on Google. Now, I'm not trying to like game the system here. What I mean is there are people like me, literally, who are going to Google to search for your record label. And there are things that you can do, very, very simple things you can do to just help improve your chances of getting found, not randomly, but by actual people who are like, oh, what was that label that I met at that flea market? Or what's that label from that city? And when they Google you, you really should hopefully be able to be found. And so one of the ways you can do that is if you go to a if you go to a website, you obviously have the logo in the top corner, you have some menu items. And then usually you look at any website, and you'll see a big, huge headline on the front page, right? It's There's like a graphic and then there's a headline. That headline is actually scraped by Google on a weekly basis. And they grab that headline and they know that that headline, if it's, if it's coded properly, and Squarespace will help you do this, it's, it's literally called headline one. If they see that headline, they know that the contents of that headline describes your website and they're going to use that in the search engine listings on Google and on other search engines. And so whatever that headline says should say a lot about your record label. So if it says release party happening this Friday, that's not going to get you found on Google. And so what it should say is it should include some really specific details about your record label. Now we go into this big time on our course and I show you examples. But what that should say is something like, um, include all of your unique selling points, okay? So if you are proudly from Detroit and you are like an 80s style techno record label from Detroit, that is super specific. And that's something that people who love the history of techno would want to support. And so when you go to your website, enter in your .com, Top left corner is your logo. Top right corner is some menu items. Down below or, or above the fold, as we call it, there's a picture of a DJ or whatever or a party and a big, huge headline that says Detroit's newest, um, uh, you know, lo-fi techno record label. And so you have all of these like um, keywords that are really, really important. Detroit, lo-fi techno, and record label. And so now when somebody goes to search in Google, Detroit techno record label, there's a really good chance that you're going to come up, right? Because they're probably not going to be searching for your record label name if they're looking for Detroit techno record labels. Um, but your name is there. And so if they are searching for your name, that'll show up as well. So these are just little things you can do. Include your city, your genre, your unique selling point, something like that in the title of your main page. That's it. That's it. That's 10 steps. There's a lot more to it, and obviously we dive in more. 
in our course. Now I'm going to take the notes from today um, and I'm going to put them on a, uh, on a web page. I may even get a chance to put them into like a little checklist that you can download um, just so that when you're building your website or if you already have a record label website, you can go, did we do some of these things? Maybe we should change some of these things because a really handsome Canadian podcaster told me to. So maybe I'll go over a website and, and make some changes. That's a great idea. So I'm going to include everything we talked about today in a really um, friendly article uh, with possibly with it all as a download that you can grab as a PDF. Just go to otherrecordlabels.com slash website. That's otherrecordlabels.com slash website. And also, if you want to set up, like if you want a great host for your website, then another shout out to this week's sponsor, Squarespace, uh, who I've been using for almost 15 years, probably over 15 years now, for our record label website, as well as for other record labels, our homepage. Um, So if you want 10% off setting up your own website using Squarespace, go to otherrecordlabels.com slash Squarespace. Thanks for listening.